Hello, everyone. This is Jen Stickney here for another episode of Simply Authentic, a podcast for entrepreneurs and individuals looking for ideas on ways to create a life full of prosperity. Tonight, I wanted to talk to you about procrastination and why we do it, why we need to stop doing it, and some ideas that you can use to actually start to overcome procrastination. Usually for those of us who do it, uh, and I think all of us do from time to time, myself included, maybe you're even doing it right now, but you know, if I were you, I think I'd rather be listening to something other than a podcast about procrastination. But we procrastinate because it provides this temporary temporary relief of stress, or at least it seems that way. We get to put something off our list, you know, not have to tackle it right then. And we just feel kind of this temporary, I don't know, feeling of, of relief, almost like we've won a little mini victory. But what happens later, you know, that, that temporary relief lasts just a short while. And then at some point, sooner or later, there comes a time when we have to face that task that's still looming on our to-do list. The temporary feeling of triumph turns, turns to panic. And then panic becomes a rush to figure out ways to handle the situation. What was temporarily relief now has become a stressful situation. And I'd like to suggest that there are people out there that don't procrastinate, but I honestly find that hard to believe. I think we all fall prey to the seduction of procrastination at one point or another. And I'm sure some of us do it more often than others, but I don't feel that any of us are truly immune to procrastination. So let's talk about how procrastination affects our bodies. Procrastination causes stress in the long run. Yes, you get the temporary relief of stress, but in the long run, because you then have to kind of hurry up and do something that had you done it in the first place, it might have been easier. It might not have stressed you out. Your deadline might not have been so close or the person who needs it or whatever the case may be. It's temporary and then it creates stress. And stress, it's no secret, stress is unhealthy for us. If you procrastinate only once in a while, you experience repetitive exposure to short-term stress. However, if you procrastinate regularly, the effects are much more like exposing yourself to long-term stress because it just keeps happening. Those of us who procrastinate tend to make it a little bit of a habit. So it's not generally something that you can get away with doing once in a while because the more you do it, or the longer you allow yourself to do it, it just becomes a little bit more of a habit and not just something you do once in a while. So when we're stressed, feeling anxious, you know, nervous, fearful, etc. Our nervous system sends signals to our, our endocrine system to release an increased amount of adrenaline and cortisol. Those are both hormones that help us to respond to stress. And our bodies are built to deal with stress, but they're, you know, <clears throat> not really built to handle long-term stress. So we have those natural flight or fight systems, our, our parasympathetic system versus the sympathetic system. Parasympathetic is when your system is, um, it's actually relaxed. It, just, it always seems very backwards to me. You talk about parasympathetic and you think it would be not sympathetic. And the sympathetic system is 
is actually the fight or flight system. So it, it sounds backwards, but that is the case. And what we want our bodies to be is more in that parasympathetic, the relaxed and um, <clears throat> anything that's, that's, you know, you're content and you're relaxed and you're not thinking about anything that's going to, you know, rock your world or anything like that. So I won't go into all the detail about, you know, the hormones, you know, the cortisol and, and adrenaline and everything. But needless to say, our body has a natural system that it has developed to save our lives, to create energy for our body in a very short, short, short period of time. It moves the nutrients and things around our body. It creates these different stimulations to make sure that we have the resources we need in our body for a quick escape. And we don't really use this so much anymore as when we, you know, lived out in the, in, in the middle of nowhere and had to protect ourselves from, from beasts and things. We just, I mean, but we still have this kind of archaic system that operates all the time. And so long-term stress is... As I said, you know, we understand stress stress isn't healthy, but when you procrastinate regularly, you actually are creating a series of short-term stressors that, when done often enough, can lead to long-term stress on our body. And it's that long-term stress that we really have to be careful about because our bodies are not built to deal with it. So according to places like WebMD, you can find this online if you don't believe me, but Long-term stress has been linked to causing or making certain diseases worse, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, obesity, headaches, depression, accelerated aging, and many, many more. The resources that our body needs to fend off disease are diverted to handling your stress. Short-term stress is not likely to impact health as much as stress that is constant or nearly constant. Because when we're under stress, our body actually shuts down certain systems that it doesn't need as much or that could be even almost harmful in this case of a flight or fight type of response. So things as your immune system, your digestive system, the reproductive system. So people that have a hard time conceiving, oftentimes what the, you know, related to that case is that they're under so much stress that they, they can't, their bodies just can't do it because they, it's not, it would be, you know, it's one of those systems that isn't needed when your body is always under stress. When it thinks that there's some reason to stay in that sympathetic state, it can't put the resources necessary for reproduction. Digestive, you know, when we're stressed, have you ever had to run to the bathroom or maybe you get constipated? I mean, it can go in both ways. And I'm sure you've experienced, if you're under a lot of stress, both kinds of, you know, symptoms in our immune system. I know that for me, when I am significantly stressed, I tend to get sick. And it's no surprise. I think that's also one of our ways that our body just forces us to kind of take a break and shut down and not be so stressed as, well, <laughs> all right, I can't fend off some of this stuff for you so your immune system isn't, isn't working while you're so stressed. So here you go. You Now you're sick and now you have to take some time to yourself. So procrastination, when we develop a habit of procrastination, it often turns into something we do 
with the majority of our tasks, if not all of them. When doing this, we tend to go through life more stressed and therefore increase our chances of developing stress-related disorders. So we procrastinate everywhere. I mean, we procrastinate at home, whether we really realize it or not, our procrastination procrastination habits often impact others around us. For example, I often procrastinate on the permission slips and forms and all those papers required for the kids at school. I, I despise doing them. So I put them off. I delay. And however, by doing so, I sometimes miss, you know, my kids might miss out or I might miss out on participating in fundraisers for them, which, you know, only disappoints my kids because they just needed that one more sale, which I promised them I would put in, you know, an order for them so they could get one more sale to get that whatever prize level they wanted. And then I just end up disappointing them or they get frustrated. And then there's the permission slips like, hey, we need this signed before I can go on the bus or whatever trip they're taking and it's the morning of even though they've been asking me for this for a few days it's the morning of and they ask me one more time that desperate hey I really need you to sign this can you take care of this and then I get frustrated because we're already in that stressful mode of trying to get the kids out the door in time for the bus making sure they have everything and so that just kind of again it's like a domino effect they're asking me for something right as we're walking out the door and i have to go stop and do something else and go you know take care of that permission slip for them it's just a domino effect so that our procrastination habits tend to come back and bite us and it affects the people around us it's the same thing at work say you're procrastinating to get done with you know your part of the presentation and somebody else is waiting for it after you Or in my case, many times I was on the receiving end of other people procrastinating, except my deadlines couldn't move because when you work for a print company like I did, the print jobs have to get to the printer by a specific date because that's the time that has been scheduled months in advance for printing these catalogs or these whatever pieces of materials that they were printing. My deadline couldn't budge. It still had to be done by that certain date, even though the other person took 10 days longer than they were supposed to. Ouch. Yeah, that just meant a lot of extra work for me. So procrastination, when we do it, it affects the people around us. It can f- affect you too, like financially. How many, how many of you procrastinate on your taxes? And then it comes time where taxes are due. You're, you're getting them done on the 15th or the night before. Or, you know, you're rushing to collect all your stuff and maybe you don't have time to collect everything you would have otherwise, so you miss out on deductions that might have saved you some money. Or you're running around and you don't get the taxes done only to find that you owe thousands of dollars. That's one of the things that I avoid at all costs. I can't stand coming to the end and then all of a sudden owing money and going, oh, great, I didn't save enough. So procrastination is, it's just, it's a bad habit. And we need to stop doing it because it's not doing anything for us. It's not actually helping us in any way. And if we had just spent some time, you know, a couple nights here or a couple nights there or a couple hours here, we can avoid most of these issues that procrastination causes, most of the stress that cause is caused by procrastination. There are some simple solutions to breaking the habit of procrastination that I want to share with you. And it takes, it takes a while to break a bad habit. So you just have to kind of start working these things into your life one at a time. So some of the things that I like to do is, one, stop getting stressed out over the fact that you've procrastinated. Stop giving yourself such a hard time. Stop beating yourself up. We are so hard on ourselves by, of the, you know, when we make mistakes. But one of the things to stop doing is because you're, you're just making 
more stress for yourself. When you're beating yourself up over something, you're just giving yourself more stress. So try to stop doing that. Just accept it and move on. Take the next step. Take the next step to whatever it is that you have to focus on to get the task done. Set time goals. When, you're, when you have tasks that you're working on, the biggest reason we all procrastinate is that we feel overwhelmed about even getting started. So maybe it's a big project or perhaps we simply just don't enjoy the task that we have to get done. So set a timer, 10 to 15 minutes. That's all it takes, 10 to 15 minutes. Tell yourself you will work on the task for 10 to 15 minutes, whichever you choose, and then chances are you'll work on it longer anyway. But when you're ready for a break, take about two minutes. Again, if we take too long, we, we lose focus, and then it takes us longer to get back started, started back up again. But take about two minutes and then set another timer for 10 to 15 minutes. And just keep working on it in little chunks, and eventually you'll get done. Avoid distractions. This is also very helpful. Try to stay focused as possible in that time frame, that 10 to 15 minute time frame. Turn off your phone and put it on silent. Move it out of view. Flip it over so that you can't even see stuff that comes up, even if it is on silent. Do whatever you can to get it out of sight. And no matter what, do not touch it. The phones are, have, they're destroying our focus. For kids, for adults alike, it's just, it's, they're bad. The text, the phone call, the email, all of it can wait 10 to 15 minutes. It's not going to be a big deal. Close your email too. Emails are a huge distraction as well. So clear your desk of any visual distractions, your phone, turn off your email, turn off your phone. If you give yourself some solid time for focusing, it can make a world of difference. And if you're not good at focusing, even with everything, you know, you know, all the distractions removed, try non-distracting music. I personally like upbeat piano or string or classical music without lyrics. Earbuds or headphones are best for me so that I can tune out everything around me and just kind of really dive into whatever it is that I'm trying to get done. When I do this, I call it getting into the zone and I go heads down and sometimes I may not come up for a few hours. It, the satisfaction of being so productive for that length of time, it's amazing, and it can actually be somewhat addictive. You'll likely want to do it again. So if you can find a, a system that works for you to help you focus, then do it. And I know I've mentioned this in other podcasts and other things that I've talked about. Break down your tasks into smaller ones so they aren't so overwhelming. Break them down. Make them, you know, something that you can pick up and put down. So break them into... To, things that you can get done in shorter periods of time. Because sometimes when we're looking at that large task that we have to get done, just getting started is overwhelming because it's too big. We can't think about it. So for an example, say you have a presentation you have to put together for a meeting. Don't think about the whole presentation. Just think, okay, today for a couple of hours or, or <clears throat> more like probably just half an hour, I'm going to spend time just creating an outline of the topics that I'm going to cover. Okay, so there's one. There's one task. Next, I'm going to go gather some images that I want to display on some of these other pages. There's step three. Step four, or step two, I should say. Step three, then, now you're going to start filling in the details of each of the slides. You know, or maybe you needed to take time to actually build out some of those slides with those bullet points or create the headers or whatever. You can break it down into tiny little tasks, something that feels more doable so that you're not focused on the whole project all at once and just step by step. So another thing that works for me is I work on my hardest tasks during the best time of my day. 
And this time may vary for you. Some people say, if you if you look online or whatever, they say, oh, do all your hardest stuff in the morning. Well, the morning isn't actually the best time for me. I need a couple of hours. So I usually work on my hardest tasks from like 9.30, 10 o'clock until noon, um, until I take a break for lunch. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just going to grab some water. And then I take a break for lunch and I will, so I'll use the morning for like stuff that would normally distract me later in the day. Emails, uh, returning people's phone calls, maybe queuing up a social post here or there. I use that kind of stuff because that's something that would distract me from the task at hand. So I use the things that don't really take a whole lot of my, my brain power and I can kind of just sit there and sort through them. So after lunch, I kind of do the same thing. If there's email to catch up on because I hadn't checked it for the past two hours, I sit there and I work on emails and things, you know, the nine, the, the stuff that doesn't take a whole lot of brain power, I do that while I'm eating. And then by one o'clock, two o'clock at the latest, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready for some, some serious focused time, put my headphones on or my earbuds in, and I can focus and usually last on something until the end of the day, until the end when I'm ready to quit and go spend some time with my family. So that's a good chunk of time for me. I also find that once dinner is over, the kitchen's clean, the kids are all tucked in bed, I can hop back on my laptop for another three to four hours if I need to. I'm not a workaholic. I don't like working every single night. But when I do work in the evenings, it, I, I find that it's actually very productive because I'm not interrupted by people coming to me all the time or calling me. I don't have emails coming in all the time. And I can just sit there and, and focus without the interruption. So I, I work very well at night. But no matter what time works best for you, just figure out that best time of day and then do your, your more difficult tasks during that time. You'll be ready to tackle them and you'll find that you're more efficient at doing so. Make a list and prioritize your tasks as well. This might seem like a no-brainer or to some it might seem like it's you know something you could easily gloss over. But I promise you it's worth it. Even if you don't like lists, we can reduce the overwhelm that we might be feeling simply by listing things out. So make a list or better yet, pull out a calendar and put projects on your calendar with the times during each day that you're going to do these different tasks. And I prefer paper, calendars and notebooks. I'm kind of old school, but I like this type because I like to see my schedule and goals for the day or week without having to open up another screen. It also gives me an easy place to make notes or, you know, I take down ideas for resources or anything else that I might come across throughout the day. Another thing you can do is, is <laughs> this one's also a difficult one for me. Don't focus on perfection. It, I've gotten better at this over the last couple of years, but forgetting about being perfect and just focusing on getting the task done is so helpful in actually allowing you to stop procrastinating. Don't worry about being perfect. Just get it done. One of my business coaches is always saying, take massive and perfect action. And what she means is that she's just telling us that while you're spending hours or days or months trying to perfect something, we're not making any money. You're much better off to get something out there, whether it's perfect or not. Just get it out there so that you can make money while you do perfect it. So think about that. How, how efficient can you be to just get something out there? Get that first draft you know, out there and working for you so that you can continue to take time and, and perfect it while it's already start, you know, starting to have an impact for you. The risk you run in disappointing somebody with a little typo here or there 
or a minor mistake is is negligible compared to all of the possible clients you're missing while your product or whatever it is that you're creating isn't even out there for anybody to see. So don't wait for perfection, just get it done. Reward yourself. This is also, I mean, something that I've talked about before. When When you've managed to go through your week and you realize that you've crossed things off your list, you've gotten through the tasks that you wanted to get through, or you've met your deadlines, just give yourself a reward. It's okay to be proud of your accomplishments. I don't think we take enough time to be proud of ourselves for the things that we accomplish. And it doesn't have to be something big. We need to take a moment to be grateful and for our accomplishments, whether they are little or big. Because it's even those little things, you will find that the more you can be grateful and happy about your even the small things in your life and the small things that you accomplish, you will find so much more happiness in your life as well. They really do tie together. So if you have any other suggestions, those are mine. And I'll just kind of gloss over them one more time here that I started with telling you to not get stressed over the fact that you're procrastinate that you procrastinated. So make that number one. Do not get stressed over that. Set time goal, Set time goals for your, your tasks. Just work on 10 to 15 minutes at a time. Avoid distractions. Put your phone away. Turn off your email. Try to avoid other things like magazines or other things on your desk that might distract you as well. Break down projects into smaller tasks so that they're not so overwhelming and you can get started on them. Work your more difficult tasks during your best time of day. <clears throat> Make a list and prioritize the things that you need to get done. And that also helps then when you're trying to figure out which things you should work on at what time of day. Don't focus on perfection. Just get it done. Get it done so that it's, it's good enough. And reward yourself. When you've gotten through the end of your day or your week, reward yourself. Make sure that you're telling yourself, you know, that job, job well done. Give yourself a pat on the back and feel good about your accomplishments. If you have any other ideas for things that you use, any other system that you use to help you stop procrastinating, I'd love to hear about them. So please drop me a line. You can go out to simplyyesmarketing.com and there's a contact form. You can fill it out and share your ideas. I'd love to hear about it. So um, if you have any other ideas, please stop out there and and share with me. And other, other than that, I'll catch you next time.